It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and I'm delighted to be back with you tonight after the summer break. I hope you've had a great few months. I certainly have. And I've done a bit of travelling and it was great to get up north to see my folks and combine it with a trip to Donegal where I had the good fortune to visit the old Glen Bar for dinner with friends. And if you watched the TV show Beyond the Menu with Mark Moriarty, you might have seen Chef Kieran Sweeney on it. Well, Kieran has moved back to his native Donegal and he's now the chef in the old Glenbar and there just aren't enough words to describe the fine dinner Michael and I enjoyed there with friends. It really was absolutely stunning. And speaking of Donegal, another project I was involved in this summer was curating speakers and presenting at this year's Taste of Dublin. And that was just this weekend past and it was an absolutely amazing celebration of food in the capital. And in addition to emceeing for chefs such as the well-known Kevin Dundon, who were there doing cookery demonstrations, I also did some panel discussions with chefs and food producers from various parts of Ireland. And Donegal was actually one of the regions featured. Um, That was part of the Ireland's Hidden Food Trails series. And of course, I had to insist that West Limerick was put in the spotlight. And last Wednesday, it was West Limerick Wednesday at Taste of Dublin. And we had Chef Chris Starr from the Dunraven Hotel and Tom Flavin doing cookery demonstrations, showcasing all the fantastic ingredients that we have here. So they were from Rigney's Farm, Bally Goat's Cheese, Addy Flynn Estate and lots, lots more. And then after that, Tom Flavin headed over to me in the Food for Thought stage. And along with tour guide Jorgen Hartogs and Ursula Giltonen from DNM Garden Centre, we'd half an hour telling the audience about all our fantastic culinary spots in the region. And then on Saturday, I was joined by four ladies from the Irish food scene that have inspired me. And we're actually going to hear from two of them tonight. But before I tell you more about that, let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. It's been so long. Do get in touch and let me know what you've been up to this summer. You can make contact by emailing me, s.noonan at live.ie, or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. And I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So as I said last Saturday I was at Taste of Dublin and on the stage with four ladies who are doing so much for the Irish food scene. Fallon Moore from Blossom Erin, the Irish Food Awards, is described by awards chairman R.D. Clifford as the real boss and Mina Rust is the founder and owner of Mina's Handmade Nougat. At the start of the summer I was delighted to collaborate with Fallon to produce Pod Blossed where Fallon is in the presenter's chair talking to lots of different people. In the pilot episode, Mina Rust was one of her guests, along with Donal and Helen from McEntee's Tea. And tonight, I'm delighted to share their chat with you. So let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Helen and Donal, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do? Well, I'm Donald McEntee. I uh, am part of uh, a team, uh, wife and husband team that started McEntee's Tea in County Louth. We're a loose tea business that uh, blends locally in County Louth a range of black teas 
And we also offer a range of infusions, um, uh, mint, uh, mint and nettle, and we offer a uh, organic sencha green tea. And I'm Helen McEntee. Uh, we're joined together in the farm in RD, just in, just outside RD, um, and we have been in business since 2018, and we're on the Bloss Awards. We won gold, silver, and bronze in 2019, and our afternoon blend won the gold award last year. Um, which we were delighted about. Remember you swept the boards in 2019. <laughs> yeah, a big thing for our business. Mina, can we just ask you maybe to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Mina from Mina's Handmade Nougat. Um, we live and work here in the Genevieve Mall in County Wicklow in the mountains. And I have a wonderful team with me. We're all very local ladies working together and producing nougat, which we love. Um, after winning Gold and Silver at Blast in 2018, we got the wonderful opportunity to start working with Harrods. Um, yeah, and we just love what we do and we have a good time. We do work very hard, but we do enjoy it too. It always comes across from you, Mina, that you mention about the ladies that you're working with. Yeah, the thing is, it's very important for me. I, my husband and I are both from South Africa, so we don't have family here. So... The Irish people have really embraced us and it means a lot to me because I don't have a mom to talk to or a sister to help me out or any of those things. When you're stuck and you don't have anybody to mind the kids that you just have to work your life around the family as well. You mentioned something there, Mina, about getting the listing with Harrods after the win in 2018. We had first seen you in 2016 and I think that was your first win at Blasna Heron and then when one of our judges, so just to give a little bit of a background, but one of our judges at the time in the 2018 awards was Anne Dunn from Harrods. She had judged with us for many years and okay. Anne tasted your nougat. And we know that in that year, she wanted to, to get in touch with you because she felt this was just exactly what they needed on the shelves at Harrods. Now, I've heard it from both sides, but I think... Am I right in thinking that you were on the drive home when you got a phone call to say yes, we'd was, like to know about this? Yeah, it was. It was amazing because um, the last weekend, I normally have a friend that, ha that minds Hannah and Ethan. One week in a year that John and I have our weekend. And that's normally the last weekend. So it's like in a whole romantic weekend for us to go away without the kids. And um, Una was minding Hannah and Ethan and we were rushing back to get back to the children. And um, I got this call from Anne. And we were just, I was on such a high because I won the um, gold and silver for Simply Better. And um, Dan Stoll, Simply Better's Nuga. And we were so happy with all of that because the Simply Better team is so lovely to deal with. And, you know, they were so proud and they were so happy. So that just made it so much better. And then on our way home, I got this call and I said, um, hi, Mina, would you be able to come over to London next week and we can discuss maybe um, a deal with Harrods? And it was just the most amazing experience. It was um, it was the nicest drive back from Dingle, I must say. Because sometimes that can be a long drive back when people have had a lovely weekend, but it's nice to get a call like that. It is. No, it is. And the thing is, it was always, that's why we missed Blas so much last year. Because um, it is, it's like a whole weekend experience and it's a family experience. And I think the children are now big enough that we might start bringing them with the next time it's it's opened again. 
some people choose still not to. They keep saying, oh, no, no, it's very busy weekend. It's all work. There's no fun at all. <laughs> but can I mention about the excitement about getting that call and just to say to Helen and Donald, I mean, you're about to start now on the Grow With Aldi programme. Yes, yeah, a huge, a huge step really for us. Um, it's been um, sort of pretty much we we were in touch. Actually, we got uh, confirmed with growing out with Aldi there a couple of months ago, and it's just really run itself from there. It's pretty much uh, uh, they have a team whereby you're they understand we're small businesses and they sort of uh, are prepared to deal with it. We're relatively. Uh, under control at the moment I think uh, we were we've an ambient product and it's easy enough to get ahead of it but I think for some of the smaller producers that have uh, date sensitive stuff and it must be a huge stress I think a lot of people are put put themselves through a lot to get their first Aldi grow done because of the scale of it it's just uh, it's not it's it, it, it's just that you go to every store in the in Ireland so um, the volume is is more than you'd normally be used to as uh, at uh, in one order for this size of business but um yeah we've uh, we've worked through it um i think ireland is getting to a point where it's able to maybe understand that there's so many of us small businesses that are uh, trying to introduce quality food i think ireland has an international uh, view and part of our business would be to take advantage of that that Ireland is seen as a good place for producers to grow and develop and come of age um, and then uh, move internationally as Mina said like the, the, the phone call coming from from Harrods it does happen to Irish businesses and I think people have confidence in Irish businesses and I think part of that is um there I say it, it's part of the bricks and mortar of what Irish business, Irish food, small food businesses are. Blast is a very important part of it. The producers themselves are a very important part of it. And just the culture uh, we have in Ireland to uh, develop good, high quality food products, I think has um, has grown. So Aldi has given us a window in that. Uh, I think growth. Aldi have recognised that there's an opportunity there with loose tea uh, that wasn't um, necessarily there before, that people are demanding a better quality tea and uh, they're brave enough to take us on and um, see that there is an opportunity where, there from a sustainable um, tea product that isn't tea bags um, and that offers a better quality tea um it's just the the the, the flavor and the aroma you get from a loose tea is is streets ahead of uh, a tea bag product um and there just isn't that at the moment on the aldi shelf so we're hoping that there's a real opportunity there as people become more conscious of the plastic in the tea bags um i don't know if anybody's aware that when you pour the water into a tea bag, there are the little microplastics that are dissolved into the water of the tea that you wouldn't be able to taste. Um, and the feeling is that the tea bags, although they people think they're biodegradable and you can put them in your compost, they don't actually biodegrade, which is a, a real indication of the plastic that was is within them. Um, so there's that dual approach of the plastic um, 
and the the benefits of the loose tea, not having any of them and being just tea um, and the flavour that we feel we have uh, in our tea and the blends that we produce. You're touching on the sustainable side of the business, which I know is a key goal for you this year, but also what I thought you said there, which was so lovely, was you mentioned about people taking time to drink a loose tea and you know, it's not that much extra time for people, but I do think what this past year may have given us is that people appreciate, like you say on your unpack, to take a moment to just sit down together. And I would hope that for lots of Irish consumers, and it's what we see from producers at the moment, is that people have now understood a little bit more about the quality of Irish food, that people want to support Irish producers, but also they will take the time to to eat well. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the indication of that is seeing something like loose tea growing so much. It is very much that aroma and the full experience of having a cup of of tea, good quality tea. In a teapot. In a teapot. (laughs) Sitting around the kitchen table (laughs) sharing your day. I mean, it deserves, um, somebody reviewed our tea and they said it was tea worth stopping for. And I thought that was really did so much up. Yeah, that's that is lovely. And I suppose you touched on it, Donald, to say that this is a it's a big order to fill to move into something like the Grow with Aldi program. Mm. But in the three years since you've started the business, you've also learned the groundwork and you've done that, whether that's I know that you're selling direct online yourselves. You've been with super value stores, but also I'd like to ask you a little bit about the online opportunities. Um, the online opportunities, as as I say about the Irish as a brand of small food producers, we're seen in a very positive light. And I think what we're looking at, not only domestically, but internationally, is this new developing online world. It's, it's, it's the supermarket that has infinite number of shelves. And for us, our online side of our business is where we're in a position to look not just domestically, but internationally uh, at taking advantage of this positive perspective that Irish food producers have had have in the US, in Europe, in Germany even, particularly in Germany for, for some reason. Obviously, the UK is very popular, but the online side of the business is a quite a technical business and uh, the marketing and product display and and development there represents different challenges. We're in Amazon in the UK, we're in Amazon Europe, and now we're holding stock in the US and we're selling in Amazon in the US. And all of these steps are big steps for us, even though they're not huge volumes of sales. But within those marketplaces, I think, which people are only now becoming aware of, that you can build your brand, you can register your brand, and you can create a much broader context of understanding for your product uh, to uh, to understand what your product is representing, where it comes from, and why people should have it. And that's people that aren't just, we're very good at getting into Drogheda and into Scaries and our local areas where people know us and sort of see us and they've seen us at markets and stuff. But it's much harder to do in Norfolk in England or in in the Hamptons in the US or in, in Frankfurt. Um, but the marketplaces do allow that. You can get 
you create small website environments within Amazon, within the marketplaces, within your website to explain all of this about Ireland. And we bring it a little bit further. We try and say, well, we ourselves are from the Bind Valley. Like Wicklow is a wonderful place to be from. It's scenic, it's beautiful. Uh, like the Bind Valley, it's a beautiful place. So as producers ourselves and Mina would have huge advantage for people to see and own our products but to get that to them the now the online environment facilitates that and there's uh, a lot of irish abroad the whole irish diaspora is a huge catchment for us people looking for tea abroad um all the irish love their tea and to get a good quality tea with uh, an irish food award um is is a huge um draw for people and we're finding it's been very welcomed in the us um which is great to see we've um got uh, some better and better at the social media to cat try and get our message across that way as well within america and germany um so it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve but you have to learn fast and um, we feel we're gradually making inroads there. Well, that's, I think, a really good point when you're saying it's a learning curve and you have to learn fast. And Mina, one of the stories that I think certainly Artie talks about because he is quite fond of seeing a producer doing this was a couple of years ago when he met you at Bloom. And he and I were there early in the morning and I don't think you'll mind me saying, but at the time you had a lot going on. You were recovering from treatment at the time. You were there and you were ready to meet the buyers. But to be prepared for the buyers, you had the nougat in the pocket of your body warmer. You were ready for this. (laughs) I was. The thing is with my nougat, it's it's like chocolate. When it's very warm, it's very soft. And if you put your chocolate in the fridge, it's the nougat is hard. And it was a very cold morning. It was freezing. It was like, and it was in the middle of the winter type of thing. And I had to sell my nougat as a soft Irish nougat. And it was so rock hard, I could hardly cut it because it was freezing cold. So I had nougat, my nougat bars, at least they were still sealed and wrapped but I had them in all my pockets just to warm them up so you have to adapt and you have to learn very fast to change with the changes like recently everything has changed a lot and um, you just have to really adapt and come up with new ideas that works best for you Um, I've been very fortunate that the the business has just grown so slowly and organically because I just started in the beginning doing everything myself as most people do and um, it's only very recently that, and I was very bad with my social media, but it's really something that um, I know is um, very important at the moment. Um, and it's just going to be more, you know, it's just growing all the time. So at least I have invested in somebody that knows me and that can do my social media very well for me because my biggest love that I really enjoy is to be in the nougat kitchen and make nougat. Um, I still do um, motivate myself to do anything else, even when it comes to the paperwork. And I think that is most people's problem as well. But um, also I, I did realize also through the times that um, if there's something that you really struggle with, you have to pass it on to somebody else that knows better what to do and how to do it. That's a really good piece of advice. What is the one piece of advice that you wish you were given at the beginning? Um, just to know that things don't happen overnight. 
and be prepared to run extra mile and do that extra bit. And if you do what you love, it won't be a problem. And just keep going. <laughs> Helen and Donal, if you had one piece of advice you wish you had at the beginning? I, well, I can relate to Mina there saying it doesn't happen overnight and you have to um, keep going and manage people's expectations of what you're doing, who are around you. Um, it, you feel very alone that you're, you've got this goal, then you have to, you have to be patient um, and people want things to happen faster, but you have to keep going and be careful who you really partnership with that you um we we, we've been very careful to partnership with very local people our designer was a neighbor who's from up the road we've known for a very long time the family for a very long time and um the, the the packaging people are local and that we would say is a very strong part of our decisions we've made um yeah, it, it sort of means, one, the people around us do get us, if you know what I mean. And like uh, Mina's Nuga or RT, uh, understanding your brand and understanding, it, it sounds very subtle, but even just simple how your package looks, how it sits, what goes around it, it all creates the picture of your product. And if people really don't understand it or have very little ownership of it, it's, it's hard to get that message across. Also, we find with local producers, like packaging producers or designers, um, we're able to keep a closer link to them. Um, and like we try to move to sustainable bags, uh, recyclable uh, pouches. pouches recently. Mm. And they said, well, there is a problem with them. We had the conversation and there's a production problem with them and they're not reliable in this sense. And they sort of said, I know you really like to go there, but at the same time, just on the basis that there's a risk involved, hold off and then your next run, you can go there. So I don't know if I'd, I'd have access to that conversation if I was with a very large international producer, which is strange for us as a business because we are an international. We like to see ourselves as very much domestic, but international as well. But some areas in our business, uh, we benefit from having our local, uh, our local suppliers and local relationships. It's that opportunity for someone just to pick up the phone and explain it. Exactly. Right Pull you out of a hole. Rather than going through so many emails and trying to reach the right person. Yeah, being within a group, uh, we're, we're within the group of companies called Boyne Valley Flavours uh, here in the Boyne Valley, and they're a mix of tourism, uh, food producers, hospitality of any kind, and we're all very, we're on close contact with each other, sharing and advice and um, contacts, and we very much recommend people to be in some sort of network from the food producer yes. point of view. Just having having re reaching out and obviously missing visiting Dingle for Bloss and that is a problem which we have to catch up on. But reaching out and, and building a relationship with all the other local producers is a huge help. Um, I was down in Dingle and I turned around and there was another member of the Boyne Valley Flavours um, beside me. And it was, it, you know, you're far from home, but you feel you've got the contacts there. I was there on my own and I didn't feel alone with the with the rest of the, the network of producers that were with me. Well, that's good because that's what we're hoping people feel when 
when they're at the events, but also within the colleagues. And it's why we want to do something like this, because very often the problem that a producer is facing is a problem that someone else faced mm. last week or last year, and they've already figured it out. Well, it, there is an example, like we got a phone call, we had the Aldi, Aldi Grow project, we didn't know what way we'd approach getting the product into Aldi, then uh, a, a, a network with Damien from Cookie, another local uh, business, um, Damien gave me a call and he said, you know who you should use. And uh, it was just the problem solved very quickly. I had the same also when I started getting into Simply Better. So nice when you know the other producers like Anne from Anya's Chocolates and Mella um, from Mella's Fudge. They also helped me with the packaging and just with transport and logistics and all those things because they have before. And that's what's so beautiful about the whole food community. I think people really help each other and, you know, you want to try and, how people that can do the best they can possibly can with their product. And it's not sharing a recipe. It's not sharing something so secretive that it's going to impact on your own business, but something that you have learned that could be a huge benefit to someone. So the next question then I have is, and Mina, I'll start with you here, but what's the biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Um, the biggest mistake, oh, I'm making little mistakes every day. <laughs> but I think the, um, don't always think you're the only person that's made a mistake or that has made that mistake. The thing is, as long as you learn through that mistake, and there's many times that I thought that I'm the only one that has done this, whatever it might be. Um, there's other people that's done it as well. And don't be too hard on yourself work through it and um, learn from it. Helen and Donald. I, I think one of the things we would have been very ambitious in what we looked to achieve. And we felt if we didn't get the opportunity to do it in traditional shops, we'd uh, do it in brick in, in online would be fast. I think as Mina maybe mentioned earlier, I think you have to, uh, not beat yourself up too much about the pace that a business can build at and can grow at. And sometimes you get huge steps forward, like Aldi grows, a, just a, 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 a nice step forward for us. Um, but sometimes it's just very small, slow steps that you have to be satisfied with. Yeah, trying to do everything yourself and uh you have to, as Nina was saying, farm out the things you're not so good at. We have got people involved like Nina in the social media side of things relatively recently. And we notice the difference in what a professional can do. And I think it's also not really that you make a mistake. Everything is a learning curve. Everything that I have done, because I'm actually an architect. So I'm not, I wasn't, didn't study to have my own business or to start making nougat. I started doing that because I needed to start a new business or a job. There was no work at the at the time that I started the Nuga business and living out in the Glen, there's no job opportunities. So I had to create something myself and I wanted to do something unique. So everything that I've done to set up a factory to get the recipe just to, to employ people, everything has been just a learning curve.
And through that whole learning curve, I made small little mistakes. Maybe I employed somebody wrong. Maybe I decided on the wrong packaging. And there's so many of those things. But I think that if you see them as something that I've done and I won't do it again, then I don't think it's so much a mistake. I think that's a very fair point, and it is. It's what you learn from it and how yes. you, you kind of do something a little bit differently the next time. Hmm. One thing you mentioned there, Mina, was with your team. Yes. And I know for Helen and Donal, it mightn't be this way every day, but I'm sure it's great to have each other in the business to be able to rely on for advice. But Mina, just one last question for you before we start to wrap up. I know that... You mentioned about Nula and Carmel and the lovely ladies that you work with. How much of a support are they when you get to to kind of bounce ideas or, you know, Donald, you spoke there about knowing the path that you're going to be on. So the next steps are always such an important decision to make about whether you take that new opportunity that comes up. Do you get a chance to talk to those ladies about how things are going to work for you? I do. I do. And I think it helps a lot so that they know what to expect. They don't come in here one day and the kitchen is double the size. So I keep them um, up to date with everything. I can. We just got that deal to export to New, New York as well. And I discussed it with them and they were both very nervous about it. But um, they're also starting to get more... Um, comfortable with the idea that things are growing and that we like normally when I start with new flavors that I want to try I think they both want to run out of the kitchen because I try all these (laughs) I get all these funny new ingredients and I make them taste the raw ingredients like say I get frozen passion fruit none of them have tried passion fruit before so they all had to lick the passion fruit and say what they think of it and that's with everything that we knew if I bring out a new um flavor like I said all the new packaging and then I discussed with them how because we brought out the new cracker and they first just shook their heads and said but this is going to take us forever to do and I said no it won't this is how you fold the box and you know as I and it helps a lot to speak to them about these things because then sometimes I see that maybe this idea is not a good idea and it's nice to be able to speak to people and then just hear yourself talk and then that sometimes just makes your mind up, even if it is going to be something that might work or might not work. So I do, I do love talking to them and discussing things with them as well. And I think then it makes them feel more part of it, part of the process. And I can remember when we started making the box, I just tried the boxes with just cardboard and ribbon and made them make the bows to see how long we wanted the ribbon. And when the whole beautiful package comes, then they also feel that they were part in designing it. That ownership. And they would absolutely be proud of those boxes because those new and these absolutely beautiful, they do look like crackers. They're, They're very intricate and they're very delicate. They're absolutely beautiful. So just to say, and I'm very conscious that we've, you know, we've had lots covered this morning. So, from the opportunity that's coming up for yourselves, Helen and Donal, I hope the next couple of weeks with the Grow With Aldi is the start of seeing you on shelves all across the country. Um, and Mina, the deal for New York, we're very excited to see what, I know you briefly mentioned it there, so we'll have to get some more details for that another time. 
but just to say thank you very much for joining us today and for sharing all of that advice. We hope that another producer who's maybe listening in over their coffee break or while they're packing their own intricate boxes that they've heard something that will be used to them. So thank you very much. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, we heard Fallon Moore from Blossom Erin, the Irish Food Awards, talking to Mina Rust from Mina's Handmade Nougat and Donal and Helen from Mac and Tea's Tea. And if you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you can catch The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Next tonight, we're going to stay with the Blossnerin podcast and hear Fallon Murr talking to Chef Brian McDermott. Donegal's Brian is no stranger to the best possible taste as I've had the pleasure of talking to him on several occasions here on the programme. And this year, he received the Blossnerin 2021 Producers Champion Accolade, which was richly deserved. And in the summer, Fallon caught up with him on Podblast. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. I'm Fallon Moore and today I'm delighted to be joining two of the most beautiful peninsulas in Ireland together. Thanks to Brian McDermott joining us. So Brian, hello from Dingle all the way to the Inishowen Peninsula. Hello Fallon and yes, welcome to Inishowen virtually um, on a gorgeous, gorgeous day I have to say here. I know it's beautiful here too as well. It's lovely to see the little bit of sunshine. Yeah, and you need that, don't you, just for a bright start to any day. Um, and then what similarities we have, isn't it, between Inishone and Dingle? I know, and it's a place you've gotten to visit when you've been down with us. And that familiarity with producers was repaid last year because I've no doubt that many of our listeners will be familiar with your profile and a lot of those voted for you to become the 2021 Blossom Heron Producers Champion. Yeah, and you know what, Fallon? I mean, that is, in anything that I've done in my career, that is just up there as just a very, very special um, accolade to have received because I feel it, it's not one that, that I've received personally. I just think it's, it's something, you know, the food producers, that is what it's about. And I've always said that in relation to, you know, what we do as chefs or, what we do as individuals within the industry, we can't do anything if it isn't for the food producers and the products that they produce. And that link to Blossom Heron and to Dingle and bringing it all together, um, that really is what this is about. And, and it's an honour for me just to, to have that accolade and to carry it this year, particularly this year, the tough challenges that all the food producers had. And really, it's about us all helping each other and giving back some of the knowledge that we have that can maybe empower them as well so that's why I think it's very very special um, individually but also as a collective um, this year in particular. Another thing we saw actually this year is because of the way this award is presented we actually ask the producers to let us know who has championed them and where the support has come from and we saw in this year such a huge amount of responses from producers. I think producers really appreciated the support that they had received this year 
Yeah, I, th- I think most of all, they needed it. Um, and I think um, if, if you think about that, just what had happened um, in relation to trading and, and how we all had to frantically kind of work out where trading would come from. Was it going to be in store and with less of them opening and restricted times versus a new online side of business? That meant that there had to be innovation. And, and I suppose I, I was very, very lucky because um, I got to work through my consultancy work with Bloss Heron and Taste for Success to support these producers. And the support was really a conversation. It starts with a conversation of, how are you? Uh, and I think that's what resonated with a lot of people. It was, you know, just that very much one-to-one virtual chat, seeing how people are, how, they, how they're going to go forward and what help we could give that. And that can get stimulated just in a conversation. It's not that, that I necessarily have any additional skills over them or over anyone else, but it's a little bit of planning. It's a little bit of thinking and it's getting people just to realize that they have innovation within because once they're well as individuals, you know, the rest will come as a very productive piece in terms of what they can achieve. And what you're doing there is you're eliminating some of the stresses and the worries and the things that you can't control. So that very much came through. And I think that's possibly why maybe some of them took the time just to to put my name forward for that. Um, and as a result of that, it led to, to this um, particular Let's be honest, you know, this accolade and look at the people that have gone before me, you know, whether it's the McKenna's, Jess, you know, Nevin Maguire, those are all big, big names in Irish food. So for me, it was a surprise and a very welcome one to get the call. Um, But immediately my thoughts just immediately turned to to those producers and, and those people that I had spoken to, worked with throughout the year and I just thought this is a success for them because you know if, if it's them saying look you know we want to put Brian McDermott forward to me that means that the work that we all did collectively together Blossom Hair and Taste for Success the individual companies and ourselves that was the success of this. I think actually you touched on something there where you mentioned about working with those people you weren't saying working with those businesses and I had a chat with a producer this morning who was getting ready to do deliveries into us and has a lot going on. And she said, you know, I think one of the things we've been given with COVID is an ability to focus on things outside of the business. It's prioritized what's impacting across your whole life. And as you said, that people are feeling well within themselves and that they're able for the business. And it led on to the chat that it's not just that the person themselves can prioritize, but that people around you understand it as well. I think everyone's had a little bit of focus given. It's maybe one of the silver linings over the past year. Without a shadow of a doubt and and in the, you know, multiples of people that I've spoken to, and, and I'm using the word naturally, I say people because People make businesses, you know, there, there is no business without the people. Um, and we all start out, you know, every small food and drink producer on the island of Ireland that starts out, it starts with an idea. It starts with a personality. You know, everyone can produce, for example, maybe a jam, but what difference can they put upon it? Uh, and that's where personality comes into this. And I think that's where um, Irish people as a whole shine through because that personality when it comes into the product it also factors into the business and the growth and the potential of that business but we then you know 
we go forward and we all, and I hear this from the producers, you know, we get busy and busier and the task list becomes more and more and more. And that brings a little bit of cloudiness. So sometimes, you know, as a mentor, whether it's me or, or it's someone else, we need to kick back in touch base and just ask those very questions. Look, how are you now? How are things? How's it progressing for you? And it puts a little bit of breathing space, a little bit of pause. It gets them to think. And all we're actually trying to do as mentors or consultants is take them back to what originated within their business, which is why did they start? What products did they create? What was successful? And the process and model that they've developed throughout that, that's their unique model. And it's based upon their individuality and it's based upon their personality. So to deliver that, they have got to be well. So that's the importance, I think, of that very sort of innocent, honest question of, you know, are you okay? How are you coping? You know, can you cope? And can we get them back to that? And and I think that's what strongly came out of the, the, the past sort of year plus um, of what's going on at the moment. And I just hope that that I and, and plenty of others have certainly been able to give something back to these producers because this is the start of the food chain. Do not forget that. The start of the food chain is, is the producers, the growers, you know, the makers, the farmers. Um, and, and without that and without encouraging that, and none of us as chefs, operators, retailers, or as, as restaurants or hotels, we can't survive and we cannot bring our innovation to it because the innovation starts before that process, as far as I'm concerned. To be honest, that sort of time to look at that has been one of the silver linings. But what we did miss last year was everybody gathering together in Dingo for Blas. And we've been lucky enough for you to come down and visit us for quite a few years. So I'm going to ask you now, what are your earliest memories of coming down to Bloss? Um, getting lost on the road, <laughs> coming, on the road coming down, um, not checking the map to realise that the longest distance in Ireland is leaving Inishon to the Dingle Peninsula uh, and thinking and leaving really late at night. Um, and it was one of the, it was the time I was launching my book and I had to pick it up in Dublin and I just thought I'll get in the car, I'll go to Dublin. And then I thought, oh, it must be only a couple of hours from Dublin to Dingle. Of course, it's a, it's a lot more and arriving sort of really late. So I arrived into Dingle really late and, and you know, it was similar to where I live here in any show in Greencastle and the Fishing Harbour, came into the town. I thought, wow, the flicker of those lights in the water, there's something, you know, that has similarities here for me. So I felt immediately very, very safe, even though it was dark and it was late at night. And then I hardly slept because I was getting up the following morning and, and I, I was looking forward. Artie was my point of contact to meet him. And, it's, you know, to me, Artie is just one of the, the coolest guys in Ireland, full stop. And, you know, I'm proud that I can call him, genuinely call him a friend because there's thousands of things going on in his head, but he's still got this just real calmness coolness now that's how, how how i see it it may not be what's going on in his head so i remember getting up that next morning um you know and, and meeting Artie and the excitement of seeing dingo for for my first time you know as an adult i should have seen it as a child but i didn't and then taking a walk around the town which was a suggestion of his he says why don't you go for a walk now that was one of two reasons it was either to say brian will you just you know go away there for a while and let me do what i need to do because you're talking too much or it, it was his you know real smart way of saying look this will get you to, to, to know the town and of course you walk up then and you're meeting the food producers that you've met at all the food festivals across ireland and then that, that particular day i knew then um that nevin was coming down so it was all of a sudden i became dingle's tour guide because i had had 10 minutes running around the town that i was going to you know and he'd been there previous but I was there to, and meeting him and then the next thing you just get chatting you get lost 
and then your phone's ringing and it's Artie looking for you to come back to, to do something, whether it's in the backyard or, you know, and to do something in a lovely way because you're down there and you want to be part of it. You're eager to be part of it. So that was my first year. And, and gladly I've been back a few years after that. And I've brought my own family because going back to Dingle and one thing that's very, very special about Bloss and about Dingle is you're reminded constantly of family. The very, you know, the very Bloss family um, and yourselves, Fallon, you know, and, and Artie and, and your extended family, you know, it, it's very much, you know, we're about family. That, that was reiterated to me a couple of times. We have all learned from that. Uh, and I have as a dad, as a husband and, you know, as a parent, because that is a reminder. Yes, you're here. Yes, you're eager to work. Yes, you're eager to judge. Yes, you want to do talks. But if your family's here, there has to be downtime. There has to be family. And that's a very, very smart way to get people to relax and to enjoy the, the naturalness that, that Dingle has. And, and again, I remember, you know, ironically now, but I remember tweeting the first time I came down when I left that Sunday evening. You know, and I kind of said it with respect. I said, you know, forget about fungi, guys. Um, your people um, is what's what's key in Dingle. Uh, and it is and still is. It's a town with an incredible sense of community. And it really comes through on that weekend. Well, it comes through all throughout the year. But you do see that kind of mix of fun and work and community. And of course, the food. Is there something in the food that you've tasted? Is there something really stand out for you? I know you picked a beautiful selection this year when, when you were announced as the producer's champion and we were putting together some lovely selections for some of the journalists who we couldn't bring together in person and you picked some really gorgeous selections. Are there some that are a standout for you? There, there always is. And, you know, to, to put this into perspective... You're in Dingle, you're tasting thousands, you know, of the best products on the island of Ireland. There is no other platform. There is no other place that you can do that. You know, it would take you two months to go around and to shop and to find all of these products. All of a sudden, as a judge, you're sitting there. You don't know the brand because it's blind tasted. You don't know the individual. So all of what I've spoken about earlier is out the window. You're tasting it based upon what is presented to you on that table. You're not influenced by anyone else around that table because they're tasting something different. So you're looking at these white disposable plates with the most beautiful piece of beef that you have no idea where it's come from. You're tasting that. Next thing you're maybe tasting a dessert and a chutney. And you're taking on a journey and you're taking on a journey where you're guessing and you're thinking, you know, where is that from? That doesn't matter. You're coming back to, okay, how does this taste from the point of view of the few seconds that you have just to go, okay, I like that. I like the texture if it's maybe relating to a protein or I like the sharpness if it's relating to a chutney. So, you know, to, to single out and to pick out a product um, probably wouldn't be fair because to me, it's the platform and it's a multiple of products that I've experienced. And it's it's to be thankful for that opportunity that, you know, you are being presented with these amazing products. And, and you know that there is a story behind each and every product, even though you don't know it at that point. And at the stage in which you've scored it, you don't know it. But then you're excited to link what you tasted and scored to the results that you get the following day. And we're all there in the cinema and they're being announced. And you think, ah. I'm glad he got that right, because for me, that was a standout product. And, you know, what is a standout product? 
It's just when you stop thinking about anything else in that room, because you could be distracted by the other 100 people that are there and some big names and otherwise and all that's going on. But when that stops and you're in the moment and that flavor takes over just and it's very present and that is all you're thinking of and you're intrigued to find out what are those flavors that I'm picking up and you conclude within that six to eight seconds going, I absolutely love that. That's the moment when you know there's a there's a winner in that room that day. That is a lovely note to end on. You have me excited now for the judging that's coming up for the next few weeks. <laughs> Even though we don't do the tasting, but we do get to see that reaction on the judges' faces. So, Brian, as always, it's lovely to talk to you. Thanks a million for taking the time. And on behalf of the food and drink producers all across Ireland, thank you so much for supporting Glasnow Heron. We look forward to welcoming you back to Dingle when we can. And until then, thanks a million and take care. It's an absolute pleasure, Fallon, and, and best wishes to everyone again this year. And we look forward to, fingers crossed, all being in Dingle to see each other and to share the love of what we have for Irish food. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight we've just been enjoying interviews from the Blossnerin podcast which is called Pod Blossed. And so far we've heard Fallon Moore from Blossnerin talking to Mina Rust from Mina's Handmade Nuka and Donal and Helen from Mac and Tea's Tea. And just before the break, Fallon was in conversation with Donegal chef Brian McDermott, who is the Blossnairn 2021 Producers Champion. And if you heard the end of the interview, you will have noted that Brian said we would hopefully all be back in Dingle this October. But as we all know, sadly, that is not going to be the case. So here's to 20. 22. And we can still enjoy the Blossnerin Awards online when they're announced on October the 2nd. Not long to go now. So check out irishfoodawards.com and at Blossnerin on social media for the details. And there's still lots of great events taking place in Limerick and beyond this month and next month. You may have heard that the Pigtown Food and Culture Series is back for the fifth year. There's lots of fantastic events taking place during the months of September and October across Limerick City and County to celebrate Limerick's food culture, local food producers and famous food heritage. And this year the festival kicks off with the 061 dinner, zero imports, six restaurants, one goal on Thursday the 16th of September and there's going to be a three-course dinner to be served in different restaurants at the same time using only limit suppliers on the menu and if you visit pigtown.ie you'll get all the details there. And that's it for tonight. It's been a great first show back after the summer. Thanks so much to Fallon Moore and her guests on her pod blast for the interviews and of course as always to you for listening. I will be back next week but feel free to get in touch in the meantime. You can drop me a DM on Instagram at Sharon J Noonan and until then, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!